Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to worship. It's good to be with you. If I haven't met you before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. Uh, If this is your first time to tune in with us at Kindred, we're so glad that you have. Uh, Well, today is a holiday in the church that we call Pentecost Sunday. I'll explain a little bit more about what that means as we get into the sermon. Uh, But our scripture for today comes from Acts chapter 2, and uh, here's what it says. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. It's talking about the the disciples. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living there in Jerusalem. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their own native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya, bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, uh, Cretans and Arabs, we all hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. And some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, They're full of new wine. Well, Peter stood with the other eleven apostles, and he raised his voice, and he declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young will see visions, your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today, I want us to spend a little time thinking about our relationship with church. You know, oftentimes in church, we think about our relationship with God, but today I want us to think about our relationship with church specifically. So as you think about it, as you reflect on it, how would you describe your relationship with church right now? Uh, there may be some of you who would say, well, I think my relationship with church is, is great. You know, it's, it's what I want it to be. I think it's what God wants it to, to be. If that's you, that's awesome. Uh, keep it up. But my guess would be that for many of us, if not most of us, uh, we, we, we would say that uh, on some level, our relationship with church is, is just kind of complicated right now. Uh, I know that uh, for some of you, you're, you're coming off a, a painful experience of church at some point in your past, and, and that's still shaping your, your relationship with church today. 
Uh, some of you have shared with me that you're going through a season of doubt, a season of questioning, deconstructing your faith, that, that you're not really sure what you believe right now, and so that's uh, affecting your relationship with, with church. There, there may be some of you that, uh, that, that, that want church to, to play a bigger part in your life, that you know church is important, but, but on a practical level, you're just having a hard time making church fit into your life. You're having a hard time making it fit into your, your schedule, and so that there may be a sense of frustration or, or possibly even a sense of guilt as you reflect on your relationship with church right now. I, I don't know where uh, you might be at. I'm sure we're all in, in different places, uh, but, but here's something that, that I would guess applies to, to all of us, and that is that if you think about your relationship to, to church over the last several years, uh, I bet it's gone through some pretty significant change. And the reason that I feel pretty confident in saying that is because of the pandemic that we're all living through, right? I mean, you know, 2020 came and, and the pandemic first hit and suddenly uh, we weren't able to go to church at all anymore in the way that we were used to. And all of a sudden we, we had to do church uh, online and, and that was brand new or we could just not do church uh, at all. I know some of us kind of took that took that route um, and we sort of got used to that rhythm uh, for, for a while and, and then it was possible again for us to gather in person and, and now we just have all these options right there's like we can do church in person and we can do church online we can do a mix of both we can do none of the uh, none of the above so so uh, how we do church for, for, for all of us I think has has changed and and that of course affects our, our relationship with church and I would imagine that that many of us would say that we're in a season right now where we're just trying to figure out uh, how we're gonna do church. Um, we're, we're figuring out uh, how much church are we going to do in this season? What do we want our relationship to church to be? And as we're processing all of that, I think it's really important that we take a little time to, to reflect specifically on the purpose of the church and our role within the church. Because if we lose sight of, of the purpose of the church and our role within it, then what's inevitably going to happen is that church is going to start to feel like just one more thing. Church is going to start to feel like just one more activity in the sea of activities that we're trying to cram into our lives. How many of us have been there, right? Where we think like church, oh God, one more thing. Even pastors can, can, can fall into to feeling this way about church. Uh, but the truth is that whenever we feel like church is just one more thing, uh, that's a red flag. That's a big sign to us that we've missed something really important about what the church is and, and about uh, the, the role that we're called to play within the church. We're just never going to have the kind of relationship with church that we want. We're never going to have the kind of relationship with church that God wants for us if we lose sight of, of what is the purpose of the church and what is our role uh, within it. So that's what I want us to, to spend a little time reflecting on together today. Uh, and today is the, the, the perfect day for us to do that because as I mentioned before, today is this holiday that we call Pentecost Sunday. And every year on Pentecost Sunday, we, we kind of go back to this foundational story of how the church began. How did this whole church thing begin all the way, all the way back uh, at the very start? Um, and the reason that, that this is important for us is because when we go back to this foundational story, it allows us to kind of peel back all the layers of church, all the layers of, of church history and what the church has grown into and become over time, you know, both the good and the bad. It allows us to kind of peel back all of our own layers of history with the church, both the good and the, the bad. We, we peel back all those layers and we get to see at the very beginning, at the outset, at the foundation, what, what was church 
all about? What church, what, what should church still be all about? And how should that shape my relationship with church today? Those are the kinds of questions that I want us to be reflecting on as we think together about this Pentecost story. Now, real fast before we get into the the story itself, I just want to say if you're listening to this and maybe you're not a Christian or you you feel like you don't have a relationship with church uh, at all, uh, you may be thinking, well, this is not really relevant to me. I do think it's relevant to you, actually, because I hope as you listen to this that you'll get a new perspective on what church actually is. And I hope that you'll be thinking about what it would mean for you to get involved with uh, with the church in your life. So let's let's take a look at this Pentecost story. How did the church begin? Uh, what was it like at its foundations? How did it all spring forth? And, and what does that mean for us uh, today? Well, I think it's important to, to point out that the way that we typically tell how the church got started, uh, that, that often overlooks some really important details. And so I want to try to draw those out today. You know, the, the way that we often tell the story of the beginning of the church goes something like this. You can see if this sounds familiar. It's like Easter happened, you know, and at first the disciples couldn't believe. They had questions and doubts just like we would if we saw somebody raised from the dead. Uh, but Jesus kept appearing to them and there was enough proof. And finally, that the disciples came to believe that it was true. And then the way we often tell the story is then the disciples were so inspired and they were so motivated by this that they went out and immediately launched the church and they started, you know, sharing the message of Jesus with the with the world. Uh, but that's actually not how it happened. That skips over a really important step that the disciples in the, the early church had to, had to work through. So here's what scripture actually says uh, happened. Uh, there was Easter, of course, and the disciples did come to believe that it was true. Uh, but then what happened? What happened next? Did the disciples immediately launch the church and start sharing the message of Jesus with the world? Well, no. Actually, according to Matthew and according to Mark and according to John, what the disciples did next is they actually just went home. That's what they did. They left Jerusalem where the resurrection had happened and they went back to their home region of Galilee. And when they got back to Galilee, is that where they launched the church? Well, no. Uh, Apparently, many of the disciples, including Peter, who's like the leader of the disciples, they went back to their old jobs. They went back to their old lives, but before they had even met Jesus. I mean, Peter went went back to, to fishing. Now, I want to pause the story here so we can think about where the disciples are at spiritually at this point in the story. Because if we're honest, I'm guessing that many of us can relate to this. And for some of you, this may help to explain your current relationship to the church right now. So think about it. Uh, The disciples at this point, they're in this place spiritually where they believe in Jesus. I mean, they really do. They believe in Jesus and they know on some level that the world needs Jesus. I mean, they live in the same broken world that you and I do. They look around and they're like, yes, the, the world needs this way of love and forgiveness and, and humble service and, and justice that Jesus has, has embodied. That They believe the world needs Jesus, but they're at this place where they don't see what that has to do with them. They don't see what that has to do with them. How many of us have been in that same place at some point in our own faith journey? That that we believe in Jesus personally for ourselves and we know that this world needs Jesus, but we just don't see what that has to do with us. I've been there before. Maybe, Maybe some of you have been there before as well. That's where the disciples were at this point in the story. They're in this place where they're just kind of sitting back passively waiting on Jesus to make the next move. Their whole attitude is like, yeah, we believe in you, Jesus. Uh, we're, we're rooting for you. You know, good luck with that whole transformation of the world thing. Let us know how that turns out. We're just going to be here minding our business. 
That's what they were doing. Well, that goes on for about 40 days. And throughout that 40 days, Jesus keeps appearing to them and Jesus is is teaching them and stuff. But the disciples are just not understanding what Jesus's expectations are for them. And Jesus is kind of starting to lose his patience a little bit. So 40 days after Easter, the disciples are, are back in Jerusalem. We don't know exactly why they went back to Jerusalem, but they're in Jerusalem. Jesus appears to them one last time. One last time, cue the the Hamilton background music. Uh, Jesus appears to them and he leads them out to this hilltop just outside of the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus gets the disciples by themselves. He gets them up on top of this hilltop. You can imagine this scene. Jesus lines the disciples up and he proceeds to call them out. Jesus says, let me try to make this as clear as I possibly can. Jesus says, you disciples... You don't get to just like passively believe, okay? You don't just get to sit back and and like hope that the world hears about me. No, no, no. Jesus says, I'm giving you a calling. I'm giving you a mission. And here's what it is. This is from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus says, you, disciples, you will be my witnesses, That is to say, you will be my ambassadors. You will be my representatives. You're going to be my messengers in the world. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, y'all have been sitting back waiting on me to make my next move. Don't you get it? Jesus is saying, you disciples, you are my next move. You are the way that my work in this world continues. You are going to show the world who I am. That means that you disciples you are going to go and embody the kind of love that I've shown you, the, the kind of forgiveness that I've shown you, the, the, the sense of service, the, the kind of justice that I have shown you. So, so Jesus says, I'm calling you out because the way the world is going to know me is through you. It's through you. Well, the disciples standing there on that hilltop, uh, they, they hear this. And their first reaction is like, uh, no, no way, Jesus. Like, like, no offense, but that is a, a really terrible plan. What's your plan B? What, what else you got? Because think about who you're talking to here, Jesus. You know, the disciples are like, look, we, we've been following you for like three years at this point. And most of the time, we, we've kind of been clueless. You know, we, we've had a hard time figuring out why you did the things you did. We, we've only understood like half the things that you've said, you know, and, and just about six weeks ago, all of us abandoned you in your hour of greatest need. And then immediately, most of us started denying that we ever even knew you. And, and let us get this straight. You know, now you're saying that, that we are how your work is going to continue in the world. You're, you're putting us in charge of showing the world who you are. I mean, how do you expect ordinary, flawed people like us to show the world who you are, Jesus? Well, Jesus responds, in effect, uh, yeah, you, you're certainly not going to do this alone. You're certainly not going to do this alone. Two things Jesus says. First, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to come and guide you, and the Holy Spirit is going to empower you so that despite all your flaws and, and failures, and Jesus knew all about their flaws and failures, he knows about ours too, despite that, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is going to make it possible for you to still show the world who I am. That's the first thing. The second thing Jesus says is that you're going to do this together, disciples. You're going to worship together. You're going to pray together. You're going to serve together. You're going to eat together. You're going to form this new community called church together, and you're going to show the world who I 
am together. Who I am together. Now, do you see what Jesus is doing in this moment? I don't want us to, don't want us to miss this. This is very important. In this moment, on this hilltop, in the final time that Jesus appears to the disciples, Jesus is calling them out and Jesus is calling them together and Jesus is calling them for this purpose, to show the world the way of Jesus. That, that is the purpose of church, to, to show the world the way of Jesus. When we peel back all the layers of what church has become, when we peel back our own layers of our own history with, with church at its foundation, that's what church is all about. It's about showing the world the way of Jesus. Well, when the disciples kind of came to terms with, with what Jesus was, was asking of them, what he was commanding them to do, understandably, they were very overwhelmed by that. They were intimidated by this in, incredibly uh, high calling, this extraordinary responsibility, and yet, and yet they believed in Jesus, right? And they knew that the world needed Jesus, and now they knew, because Jesus had made it abundantly clear, now they knew that it was up to them. And so they took a big gulp, and they mustered up their courage, and they answered the call. They answered the call. About 10 days later, uh, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were, were gathered together in a room, and they were praying, and, and they tell us, look, uh, we have a tough time describing this. We kind of stutter, stutter and, <laughs> and stammer to, to, to tell this story because it was so unlike anything else we've ever experienced, but they say we were praying together, and all of a sudden, there was like this rush. It was like this mighty wind was blowing, even though we were inside. And they said all of a sudden we, we felt this, this fire within us and it was so vivid. It was almost like we could see the fire on each other. And, and they say finally we realized what was happening, that Jesus was sending us, just like he promised, Jesus was sending us the Holy Spirit. And they tell us that, that in that moment we decided, okay, now's the time. And so they went outside and they started showing the world the way of Jesus. They talked about Jesus. They started embodying the way of Jesus together. They kept showing the world the way of Jesus and they launched this movement that we now call the church. Now we should acknowledge that from the very beginning, the church was far from perfect. And those first Christians would be the first to admit they, they got a lot of things wrong, but they never gave up and they never gave in. That they kept showing the world the way of Jesus. Now what does that mean? Well, in their context, uh, what it meant was that they went out into the world and they started elevating the status of women, that they started doing things like like guarding the dignity of children, that they started doing things like like declaring that slaves are equal to their masters. I mean, this is like unthinkable in the ancient world. Uh, they started resisting racism. Yeah, they, they, they started caring for people in society that, that nobody else cared for. I mean, they, they, they started advocating for, for what we now consider human rights, these human rights that we all just sort of take for granted. They lived in a world where they couldn't take it for granted. In fact, the reason that we can take it for granted today, that all humans have some basic rights, is because of the work that they did, because of the message that they helped to, to spread, the, the way of Jesus that they helped to embody why did they do all of this? Because that's the way of Jesus. And Jesus had called them out and Jesus had called them together to be his witnesses in the world. That's the story of Pentecost. So what's the takeaway for us 
today. If I've put you to sleep with all of this to this point, wake up for this part. Uh, Here's the takeaway for us today. Our relationship to church may be complicated right now, and there's a lot of good reasons for that, I know. And our relationship to church may be in a season of change right now, and there's a lot of good reasons for that as well. But here's one thing that hasn't changed, and that is the purpose of the church and our role within the church. Because just like those first disciples, Jesus has called you out And Jesus has called me out. And Jesus has called us together to be his witnesses in the world, to to show the world what Jesus is like. Here's something that you may not know, but but this is good to know. Uh, The New Testament was originally written in Greek, of course. And the Greek word that we now translate as church is the word ekklesia, ekklesia. And on a literal level, at its root, what that word ekklesia really means is called out. That's what these people started calling themselves, called out. That, that the purpose of the church at its core, that the, the church is a group of people who have been called out by Jesus to be his witnesses in the world. That's you and that's me and that's the calling that Jesus has placed on our lives. So I know that you're in a season right now where you are extra busy. I know that. I know that you are juggling so many responsibilities, so many demands on your time, uh, so so many things that, that you want to try to get done. I, I feel like I'm in the same boat with you. I'm, I'm right there with you, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Don't let church become just one more thing. Don't let church become just another activity in the sea of activities that you're trying to cram into your life. Church is too important for that. It's too important for you. It's too important for the, this this world. Don't let your relationship to church be shaped by all the things that the world is telling you that you have to do. Don't let your relationship with church be impinged upon by by all the things that the world is telling you that you need to be. But let your relationship to church be shaped by the purpose of the church and by your role within it. Because I promise you that Jesus has a good reason for calling you into the church. You, even if you don't know what it is yet, you have a vital role to play I promise you. So, so, so here's something practical for you to, to consider. Wherever you're at in your relationship to church right now, we're all in different places and that's fine. Uh, where, wherever you're at, what's that next step that you can take? What's that next step that you can take in your relationship with church? Now, I know some of you are coming off a painful experience of church. Uh, some of you have been away from church for a long time uh, here recently. Uh, maybe for you, the, the next step is to, to just simply get back in the habit of showing up to church on a regular basis. Uh, for others of you, maybe the next step for you is to, is to start volunteering with us on Sundays. Uh, that way you can not just be a, a passive consumer of church, but you can be an active participant. You can help make church happen for, for others and serve in that way. If you're interested in that, uh, get on our, our website and, and uh, email Candice. You can get her email off the staff page and she'll get you plugged in. Uh, maybe for some of you, uh, a good next step is, is just that you finally muster up the courage to, to reach out and invite a friend to, to come to church with you, to come check out what, what church is all about. Uh, for others of you, maybe that next step in your relationship with church is giving financially to the church uh, for the first time or, or giving a certain percentage of your income to the church for the, the first time. I don't know what that next step uh, is for, for you and, and your journey, but, but here's one thing I do know, and I think you would agree with me on this, and that is that as much as ever, this world 
needs Jesus, right? I mean, as much as ever, Durham needs Jesus. Chapel Hill needs Jesus. There are people in your life who need Jesus. There are people in my life who need Jesus. And just like those first disciples had to learn, it's not enough for us to simply believe for ourselves, right? And it's not enough for us to just sit back and hope that the world hears about Jesus, that the world sees the way of Jesus. No, no, the world needs you and the world needs me to, to, to come together to be the church so that together we can show the world the way of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and loving God, uh, we are so thankful to you for your love and for your commitment to us, God. We're, we're thankful for the example that Jesus set for us uh, in terms of his love and his forgiveness and this way of humble service, this way of, of justice in the world, God. Uh, Jesus and his message and his way has made such an extraordinary difference for, for so many of us. It's made a difference in our lives and in more ways than, than we can even name, and we're so grateful for that, God. Uh, we, we know as we look around at this world how badly the world still needs Jesus. Uh, we, we can think of situations. We can think of individuals that we know, that we love, that we care about, who, who need Jesus. God, uh, guard us from passivity in the face of that, Lord. Uh, guard us from the trap of, uh, of thinking that, that that has nothing to do with us. Lord, but open our ears uh, afresh today to this calling that you've placed upon us to, to be your witnesses, uh, to, to embody your way in the world. God, uh, we are so busy. Most of us are running ragged because we're, we're so exhausted. We have so many demands on our time and, and so many things we're trying to accomplish and do. And, and Lord, we confess to you that, that in the midst of all of that church can start to just feel like one more thing. God, break us free from that illusion. Uh, help us to keep church front and center so that we can uh, stay connected with you in the ways that you want us to be, God, and so that we can fully embrace this extraordinary adventure, this extraordinary calling uh, of showing the world who you are. God, we're thankful for each other and the ways that we get to do this together as part of a, a church family. God, we ask your blessing on each and every one of us, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, friends, uh, before we go, just a couple of quick things here. If you are local, uh, we would love to see you in in-person worship. And also, if you're local, we've got an event this afternoon. Uh, this is Sunday, June the 5th. Uh, this afternoon at Ponysaurus Brewing Company in Durham. A group of us are just going to be hanging out. It's a perfect time to, to come out, meet some others in the Kindred uh, community, and, and get to know us a little bit. We'd certainly love to, to get to know you. Uh, you can get the details about that in this week's newsletter, which is uh, linked in the description below. Uh, Below, and there's other announcements there as well. Uh, also, um, be sure if you're new to, to click the connect uh, link in the description and leave me some contact information because I would love to reach out to you. And uh, if you leave me some information, I'll reach out to you later this week and look forward to, to getting to know you a little bit. Well, with that, friends, uh, we are sent back into the world. We're, we're sent back into uh, our lives. Uh, I hope you have a great week and, and may the peace of Christ be with you. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. 
You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website, as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.